Welcome to LifeBeat, right to Life of Michigan's bi-weekly podcast going in-depth on pro-life news and issues. I'm your host, Chris Gast, RLM's Director of Communication and Education. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We're going to go over a couple of news stories, and then our feature for today, we're finally going to get to, is the funding streams of Planned Parenthood. Where exactly does all of their money come in? So first, I want to talk about another passing, unfortunately. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, Christine McDonald, uh, it's actually the beginning of October, we talked about her passing, our Wayne County Resource Center manager. And uh, another passing was Dr. Joe Kincaid, who was a long long-time leader in our movement. He's been around since the beginning. He helped found Kalamazoo Right to Life in 1970, uh, which was the first large-scale Right to Life group in the state. And so Dr. Kincaid's been there since the beginning. He served on the board of Right to Life of Michigan for decades. Uh, He was a very committed activist. Um, And just, you can read more on our, our blog of our brief uh, obituary about him, but the one point that always stood out to me was no matter where you were, whether it was Kalamazoo, one of our events in Lansing, an event somewhere else in Michigan sometimes, or even at the National Right to Life Convention or the March for Life, uh, you would see Dr. Kincaid there. Uh, It was weird not to see Dr. Kincaid show up for a pro-life event, and so he was always, always there for the unborn, and that's the kind of volunteer grassroots activism that I love is seeing people always committed who you can count on always to be there and Dr. Kincaid was one of those individuals and he will be dearly dearly missed another story we've been consumed with for the last uh, few weeks couple days was Wexford Misaki County right to life had their Facebook ad account banned Now, what had happened, as best as we can piece together, because Facebook doesn't actually communicate this with us, was it happened just like our uh, ban earlier in the spring. Wexford Misaki posted a, uh, put a post on Facebook and they boosted it, which means they put some ad dollars on it so more people could see it. And the particular post uh, was very, um, you know, I don't want to say plain, but it's very calm, relaxed, positive. It was just the four billboards they had put up around uh, Wexford and Misaki counties. Uh, just very positive billboards with positive messages about the value of life. And apparently someone uh, was trolling their page about this post and reported the post. And so Facebook, uh, again, this is all conjecture, but uh, banned it automatically. And when Wexford and Misaki tried to contact Facebook to get some follow-up, they just got a form response that blew them off. Actually, the post said, uh, basically, there's nothing that you can do, Wexford, Misaki, County Right to Life, to fix this. Well, there was something they could do. Um, we went ahead and made a big issue out of this. We put a press release out. Last time, we just put it on Facebook. This time, we went straight to the press, because apparently, that's what you need to do with Facebook. They don't get any customer service. you got to go to the press. And in this case... The Detroit News, like they did last time, and MLive, both contacted Facebook for an explanation. And then Facebook, realizing that uh, they bit off a little bit more than they wanted to chew, just gave Wexford Misaki access to their ad account back. Which is just bizarre why Facebook is saying, no, please don't give us money. Um, 
But uh, there you go. We resolved that situation successfully, and so that's a positive thing. But there's going to be another ban. The way this system is set up and the way they don't ever seem to address it and don't even... They're lying to the media when they say they contact us and explain the situation. They lied. We've never been contacted by Facebook regarding our ban, and Wexford Misaki has not been contacted regarding their ban from a couple days ago. And so... This is going to happen again, and we're going to have to get the press involved again. And clearly Facebook is just not interested in what their own mission statement says about building communities and giving communities the tools to reach out. So there you go. But unfortunately, Facebook is where all the traffic is, and so that's where we must go. Another story, uh, two blog posts I wanted to talk about uh, reflecting on the news. First one... It was involving the abortion clinic chain Whole Women's Health in Texas. Now, if you remember, in 2016, Whole Women's Health, uh, the abortion clinic chain, sued the state of Texas over their abortion clinic regulations, and they won at the Supreme Court in a five-vote uh, uh, five majority. And their argument was that uh, regulating them constituted an undue burden on a woman's right to an abortion. And the Supreme Court... Justice Anthony Kennedy bought that argument. Well, it was just uh, released by uh, Abby Johnson, a pro-life activist teamed up with the Washington Free Beacon, and they released a report of all of the abortion clinic violations in Texas. Hundreds of violations, including Whole Women's Health. Specifically, Whole Women's Health had rusty medical equipment, dirty floors, their counters were so uh, warped and damaged that they couldn't be sanitized, they didn't have a nurse on site during one of the inspections. So this was the abortion clinic that got abortion clinic regulations, a lot of them uh, deemed unconstitutional. You know, this is the abortion industry. They operate dirty, shoddy, horrible facilities and they have the temerity to go to the court and say, well, we don't even need regulation. We self-regulate. And that's the only way that women can get the health care that they need, is what they say. But, you know, it's just maddening to watch this, you know. And regulators, state regulators, the abortion industry, uh, groups like the National Abortion Federation, they know this is all going on. But the bottom line is they don't care. It's abortion overall at any cost. And so if, you know, fining or closing whole women's health care because they use rusty medical equipment, uh, you know, threatens abortion, then they're going to put abortion above patient safety 100% of the time because that's what the abortion movement is there for, abortion. I would encourage you to go read the blog post. It was really well done by Natalie here in our office. Uh, wonderful intro, just comparing, you know, how would you feel walking into, say, a dental clinic or any other clinic for a surgery and you see rusty medical equipments and stained floors, you know? But that's what we accept when it comes to abortion clinics, and they get their own separate special category for regulation. Um, you know, just terrible. The other blog post I'm going to talk about was uh, just debunking a talking point you might hear from time to time is that abortion uh, is the most common medical procedure or it's often abortion is the most common uh, medical procedure for women. Well, I saw that post recently and, uh, you know, obviously that can't be true. Um, and, you know, 
that should be implicitly obvious to anybody that that's not true. In a country of 320 uh, plus million people, you know, over 160 million women, that one million abortion is the most common medical procedure in the country. And so I looked up the numbers. It's not the most common surgical procedure, which is different from medical procedure. And it's not even the most common medical procedure, you know, even in the same ballpark. There's tens of millions of pap smears every year, which is a women's health service, much more common than abortion. And so why why would someone use this talking point? You know, I've actually seen a pro-lifer use that talking point once to say that there are a lot of abortions out there, and there are, but I think the better way of talking about that is the amount of lives uh, that abortion takes as opposed to comparing it to pap smears. But a lot of abortion groups use that talking point as well uh, along their, their campaign to try to normalize abortion, to try to say abortion is normal, everyone does it, it's everywhere, just accept it don't think about it at all very critically. And of course that's never really going to happen because the one thing that the they can never do is uh you know you cannot wave a magic wand and the unborn child disappears. Uh it, abortion is a violent procedure that involves some manner of disgusting treatment of a human being. And so no matter how often they try to distract from that, they can never get past that reality. But trying to claim that uh, everyone has abortions, it's the most common medical procedure out there for women's, is one strategy they have to try to make everyone feel complicit in it and that it's not a big deal, um, which is you know, a poor moral argument. You know, uh, everyone, If everyone down south had slaves in 1860, that didn't make slavery right. All right, let's get into our feature for today, Planned Parenthood and where their funding comes from. Now, we're going to talk about the top-line numbers, and then we're going to go into a little bit more detail specifically on how they get their taxpayer funding. And this is one of the problems with defunding Planned Parenthood, is they get their funding from everywhere. So if you look at their most recent annual report, they got about $550 million from the government. They got 300, about $300 million from uh, what they call non-government health services revenue, in other words, what they charged patients. They got almost $260 million in donations, and then they got uh, $22 million in other, wherever that might come from. If you total that all up, that comes to $1.1 billion. Now that's just their affiliates around the country. That's Planned Parenthood offices in your local area. If you look at the national office, they also get another 20-some-odd million dollars in other operating revenue, and they get another $250 million in donations. So you add up all those numbers minus a few little um, bookkeeping things about payments between the affiliates and the national organization. Grand total, they get about $1.3 billion dollars. And uh, only their affiliates are claimed to get those government health services, uh, which are the tax funding from you and me. And so uh, almost half of their money comes from you, the taxpayer. And then a uh, about a quarter of that money comes from charging their patients money. And then the rest comes from donations. And uh, as we've detailed in past podcasts. Uh, they get a lot of donations from a lot of big foundations. Uh, Warren Buffett gives them tons of money. Um, 
they're not hurting for donations. But those taxpayer dollars are what's being taken from you and me to fund their activities. And as we know, and you look at the numbers, uh, and we've detailed this on our blog, uh, you can always contact us if you want the specific details, but Planned Parenthood has expanded massively in the last uh, few years in terms of money, but their patients continue dropping. Their other health services continue dropping while their abortions increase. And so what they're doing is they're using these tax dollars coming in to pay for other things that they normally take care of, freeing up money that they can spend to expand abortion. Now, how do they get these uh, tax dollars? Nearly uh, $560 million from taxpayers. Well, thanks to the Government Accountability Office did a great study about this, and uh, the Heritage Foundation did a great article. You can easily find kind of summing all of this up. But the biggest chunk of that money comes from Medicaid. They get 300, in 2015, they got $390 million from Medicaid. Now, how that works is Medicaid is a partnership with states. So if you look at the numbers, uh, the federal government on average matches about 60 to 70 percent of Medicaid funding and the states cover the rest, uh, 40 to 30 percent. Depends by uh, state. Uh, every state has a little different number. And Medicaid partners um, with all of the states in the union. Now, in some states, like California, for example, Medicaid can directly pay for abortions. And that money is included in that $550-plus in taxpayer funding. But in states like Michigan, we've restricted our Medicaid dollars from going towards abortion. So in our case, that covers Michigan's portion of the Medicaid money. And then, of course, federal government has to abide by the Hyde Amendment, which restricts federal Medicaid dollars from paying for most abortions. And so the largest chunk is that Medicaid money, which Planned Parenthood likes to claim is simply, uh, you know, reimbursement for their health services. But again, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they weren't getting nearly as much money. At the end, we'll kind of sum it all up to give you a big picture view, but that money frees them up to spend additional money on expanding their abortion services. So 390 of that 550 is from Medicaid, and then the next biggest chunk is $60 million from Title X. Title X family planning funding uh, was instituted by uh, the Nixon administration, was passed during the Nixon administration, and the idea is giving family planning services to poor, uh, low-income, uh, uninsured women and, and men and families. And a lot of that money is contraceptive payments. And so $60 million to Planned Parenthood every year comes from Title X, roughly. Now, this is a little bit interesting because that money is uh, prorated. There's a formula Planned Parenthood has that says, uh, say, 20% of this clinic is uh, abortion and 80% of this clinic is family planning. And so Title X can pay for that procedure room, even though abortions are being performed in there, at that uh, prorated um, rate. And so Title X, in that case, is explicitly being used to support 
activities, staff, and facilities that are being used to perform abortions. And Planned Parenthood can come up with this accounting gimmick and say, well, you know, we did uh, two pap smears in here, we did one abortion, therefore, you know, 66 0.6% of this clinic room is family planning, and we can use our Title X family planning uh, money, in other words, your tax dollars, to pay for that. And then uh, beyond that, so you total that up, that's about 450 of their $550 million in tax funding. And then you have to go to a lot of smaller grants and state monies. And this is where uh, Planned Parenthood doesn't get a lot from these specific organizations, but it's wormed its way into everything in state governments and federal agencies. And this is important not so much for the amount of money, but the amount of influence they have across the government. That's what Cecile Richards, their president, has been so great for them in doing, is worming their way into every level of government. I mean, some would say, and I would say, they've even co-opted an entire political party to, at their beck and call. And so um, here's some grants that have gone to, uh, that the GAO report covered that went to Planned Parenthood. Some of these are only as small as a couple hundred thousand or a million dollars a year. But again, the importance is that they are, they have the prestige of this, these organizations. Uh, for example, CDC, they get money from the Centers for Disease Control. That gives them instant prestige. Uh, they can talk about that with their donors to the public. So the CDC is giving us money for health prevention. Uh, it worms their way into the medical establishment through the CDC. Uh, again, all, there's a ton of uh, programs you might not even think of. They get money from uh, house and you know health and human services, of course, but housing and urban development. What does Planned Parenthood have to do with HUD? They get money from the Department of Justice. They get money from the the <laughs> USDA. The Department of Agriculture. What does Planned Parenthood have to do with agriculture? But they get money from the USDA through the SNAP and other programs. SNAP is, um, you know, uh, supplemental nutrition assistance, uh, you know, uh, food stamps. And so Planned Parenthood has wormed its way into all of these locations. And that, of course, doesn't include uh, state-level governments give Planned Parenthood money for family planning, uh, for other grants, health grants. And so Planned Parenthood has a ton of funding streams. Now, it's easy to cut off Medicaid if we had the will to finally make that happen in Congress. And you know what? We've been waiting here, haven't we? And so that 390 uh, is a huge chunk of their budget. Obviously, that's um, almost a third of their budget right there. But the $60 million in Title X is a little bit more difficult. There's some provisions attached to that, which would make that uh, difficult to cut. And then um, it would be easy, again, to cut all these small little grants out of these uh, agencies, which could be done through the budget. But until we see that happen, Planned Parenthood has its way wormed into every single government agency, practically, branch of the executive branch, uh, executive branch department. And so Planned Parenthood utilizes this uh, not just for the money, and we see this again with donations. You know, they don't get a lot of money from all these corporate sponsors uh, compared to, say, the hundreds of millions that Warren Buffett drops on them. But by getting that money from the corporate sponsors, they have the prestige, they have access. And that's what's important to Planned Parenthood. 
they've made an effort to worm their way into our healthcare system so deeply that it's impossible to get them out again. Uh, I've used the analogy before. I mean, they, they use their health services as uh, human shields. So they continue doing abortions and getting taxpayer funding. Now, you might say, okay, Chris, this is just Medicaid money. This is just reimbursements for the health services they provide. You know, what's the big deal here? Well, as we're going to just sum up again, if you look at, and I have this beautiful spreadsheet that lays this all out by ear, and I, uh, by year, and I can look very easily on here and see that, for example, in their 1997 to 98 annual report, they only got 165 only 165 million in tax dollars, compared to 550 million today. That was only 30 percent of their budget then. It's 40 percent, 41 percent now. They spent 72 percent of their budget in 97, 98 on medical services, and today that number is 66 million. They serve the exact same number of patients though, 2.4 million patients. Their abortions in 97, 98, 165,000. Today, 300, almost 330,000. So what do you see when you look at this spreadsheet and you see the numbers laid out in front of you? You see that from 97, 98 until today, they serve the same number of clients, basically. Their health services have all declined. Their contraceptive uh, clients have basically been unchanged. Breast exams have been down more than 75%. They've uh, dropped plenty of other services way down. Um, the only service that has had a large increase has been abortions. And so Planned Parenthood you know, hasn't really been providing any new services today that they weren't back in 1997. Why do those services back then only cost $165 million to provide, but today cost $550 million? Look at the way that they spend their money. Their medical services as a proportion of their overall services have gone down, but that includes abortion. But look at this. In 97-98, they spent $340 million on medical services. Uh, they spent $28 million on sex ed. And then they spent about another $40 million on things like public policy, affiliate services, fields of family planning. In other words, all the political organizing stuff that they do, all the organizational development stuff. Now you look at 2015-2016. They spend $800 million on medical services, which is a smaller proportion overall, but they haven't actually increased most of their other services. They don't provide any more contraception, really. They don't provide nearly as many breast exams. They only provide a quarter of the amount of breast exams they used to. What is that medical service money being spent on? And then look at those other categories. If you remember, they spent about $40 million on uh, public policy and all that other development stuff. Well, in 2015-2016, they spent $40 million alone on lobbying. They spent $30 million on engaging communities, whatever that is, $85 million on increased access, $22 million on build advocacy capacity. And so right there, that is more than $150 million dollars on strengthening their organization, uh, building their political access, their legislative lobbying. That's where that money is going. It's going there, and it's going to abortion. All they're doing is taking what they used to do before, slapping some taxpayer funding on it, and then taking that money away, um, and then spending it on increasing their abortions. 
And so we look at the total picture. They're worming their way into the system. They have access to all these different funding streams. Some are easy to cut off with the will in Congress. Some, like Title X, are a little bit harder. Then you have all the states, all these different executive agencies and departments. And it's like an octopus. They have their tentacle into everything. And their goal with that is to make them too big to fail, too involved in the system, too embedded in our democracy to be done away with. Now, we know that's not the case. There's only 2.4 million clients served by Planned Parenthood in a country of more than 320 million people. Not even a small, tiny uh, proportion of women are served there. And all the services that Planned Parenthood does other than abortion can be easily duplicated by the thousands of community health services and clinics out there. And so as you move forward, we talk about Planned Parenthood funding. Uh, It's difficult to get rid of it all. Uh, It's like playing whack-a-mole. You shut down one stream and they'll open up another. But that's no excuse not to get the job done. And it's certainly no excuse we can't take away uh, almost $400 million of their Medicaid budget today. And they have no problem funding the rest of their services with donations, uh, again, which they have increased greatly. You know, their donations have uh, grown significantly in the last 15 years. And so uh, when you keep in mind, it is difficult to get this done, but we must get it done, and it should happen. There's no reason it shouldn't. Uh, When it does, it means Planned Parenthood isn't going to go away. Planned Parenthood just isn't going to fold up shop and not be the number one abortion clinic anymore. But the important principle is you, the pro-life taxpayer, will no longer be forced to support this organization any longer. And just imagine what other organizations can do with 500 extra million dollars in taxpayer funding organizations that are not devoted to abortion at any cost. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of LifeBeat. Join us again in two weeks. Hopefully we'll be back to our normal schedule. So Friday, November 17th, our podcast will feature a heartwarming pregnancy help story about how we help save a life along with one of our affiliates and a pregnancy help center, how we all came together in the life movement in the state and saved a life. So join us and listen in. You'll love it. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day.